Daily Dirt Nap, Money Talks. Own your life. With Jared Dillian and Money Talk on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. And joining us live on the air is the one and only Jared Dillian. Welcome to the show. Still breathing. You barely. Still breathing? Why? What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get your, your internet restored? Oh, so you want to hear the story behind that? Uh, yeah, you need what to tell happened? Liz this. He, just you tell it. So I, I come home yesterday, and there's a power line down in front of my house, oh. like across my driveway. So I'm like, this Did is, you touch it? I'm like, this is bad. <laughs> right? Oh so, so I go inside, and the internet's not working. I'm like, all right, it must be the cable line, right? So, do you have any idea how it got detached? Uh, probably a truck drove down the street and pulled it off. Oh, uh, okay. So I called up Spectrum and I'm like, "Hey, there's a line down across my driveway." I'm like, "This seems bad. Can you come out and fix it?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, we can come out and fix it Friday." And I'm like, "Look, oh my God. like this, this is not happening. Am like, I supposed I can't, to drive over I, it? I can't, what do I do? I can't have this for two days." So I went on Twitter. And I uh, I complained about it on Twitter, and I tagged Spectrum, and they got right back to me within seconds. And they're like, "Oh, we're gonna have a truck go out there right now." Wow! And I got it. I got it fixed within an hour. Within an hour. Wow! There. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that means they care. Yep. Well, they care if somebody with seventy six thousand followers. Yeah. Starts complaining. Absolutely. So. I love it. That's the only your, reason they care. Throwing your weight around. <laughs> yeah, your phone call to them to express concern about the line in the middle of your driveway. Yeah, we'll be out there Friday. Yeah. <laughs> that was their level of concern. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's on your mind, Jared Dillian? So if you hadn't noticed, interest rates are going up a lot. Mm, and oh no. the, there's been a lot of speculation as to why. Um, you mean uh, on like 30-year mortgages? So so basically, 30-year mortgage rates are benchmarked off of 10-year interest rates. And 10-year interest rates the other day got up to 4.8%, which means that 30-year mortgages got up to 7.88%, which is the highest since like 2000 or something like that. Wow. 7.88. So basically, we have 8% mortgages. So um, what's interesting about the treasury market is that it's not responding to to economic data at all. It's not responding to anything. Basically, what we are having is a margin call on the U.S. government for spending too much money, right? If the government runs big deficits, they have to issue more bonds, which increases the supply of bonds, which pushes down the price of bonds, which pushes up interest rates. Interest rates are going up because the government is spending too much money. That is what's going on. And how can, how much is, how do they know it's too much money? Like, what is it that, you know, because we heard um, Senator, no, um, Congressman Tim Burchett say you can't have uh, run a seven, mil, a seven, what is it, $7 trillion budget on $5 trillion. So, I mean, that they're, they're constantly running in this deficit. I mean, it's great that we are talking about this. You know, I think it's great that we are having these conversations, and I think it's great that the people—I guess you call them the far right or whatever—but you know, the Republicans that are that we actually have Republicans that are concerned about debt and deficits mm-hmm. because for many years nobody nobody cared. When I was in fourth grade, this is 1984 or 83. We used to do current events every week, and they would bring in these film strips. I don't know if you remember this yes, from elementary school when I you do. would have like a film strip. Yeah. Reagan was president. And in these film strips, all they would talk about was mm-hmm. a deficit. Yes. 
at the time, the government was running a $180 billion deficit, which was about 6% of GDP. People were freaking out about it. You know, Reagan was spending a lot of money on defense, mm-hmm. and that, that ultimately proved to be effective because we bankrupted the Soviet Union and all that stuff. Um, but people cared a lot about deficits. And even when I worked for the government in the Clinton administration, you know, Clinton was a Democrat, but he was very concerned about deficits. He wanted to balance the budget. He raised taxes a lot in order to do it. And working for the government under Clinton, the, the tagline in the government was do more with less. Mm -hmm. Like he was constantly squeezing the government on expenses. Right, right. So we balanced the budget in 2000, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and then 9-11 happened and then we started spending. We, we created the Department of Homeland Security and all this other stuff. And that's how we got where we are today. Um, yeah. And now um, they're talking about building the wall, I think, with Trump, uh, Trump administration money. Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that. No, what's this? Biden is um, is planning to go ahead and start building a wall of on course. the border. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you seen... Because our... it's election season. Yeah. And that is really But he said he would bad. never do it. Hey. And they were saying, where are you going to get the money for the Biden wall? And I mean, they... that is the definition of closing the barn door after all the horses <laughs> have gotten right. out. I think they... Um, it says here, Biden administration clears way for border... Wall construction in South Texas. And this is after Texas was trying to do their own thing. Yeah. And then they took it down. Yeah. Like, you know, the the federal government took it down. Unbelievable. So it says here um, that. I mean, wh- wh- how many how many uh, illegal immigrants did we have? Do we have now since the I Biden administration? Thought they said it was up over, they think, around 10 mil or more. Yeah. yeah. They estimate. Estimate. Yeah. Which yeah. means it's higher. Yeah. So. I'm just wondering, has there been any talk in your circles about this border crisis and the impact it's going to have on the economy? Uh, not a lot. No. Um, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I would think it would have an impact. Yeah, I, not a lot. I mean, it's going to push up housing prices. I think I mentioned that before when I was here because I talked about Canada, which has has had a lot of legal immigration. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not I'm not super picky about immigration. I just want. I want it to be legal immigration. I don't want to make a mockery of our national sovereignty. I'm okay with letting a couple million people into the country to people who want to be here and want to contribute, but let's do it legally. Let's let's go through the process. You know, like it, there's there's the, the the metaphor here is you want to have a border with high walls but with very large openings. Let in people legally, but you know, otherwise it just makes a mockery of the yeah. system. Well, that's what Trump said. I want a big, beautiful door. <laughs> that's what he would always say. Um, okay, so what else is um, going on? Nick, you had mentioned something to me about falsified economic data. Yeah. I haven't been able to find an article on that. Yeah, I saw the article pop up when I was on vacation in North Carolina, and there was something about how they had to redo the numbers from the last three years because it was too rosy of a picture. And it's actually worse than they thought. Do you did you remember hearing about that? Well, so economic data gets revised all the time. So this is nothing new. Well, I don't know if it is or not. Okay. Um, it might be, but basically, like if you know, let's say we had payrolls this month. You know, they'll they'll look at the data from last month, and as they get more data, it gets more accurate. So they'll do revisions. Revising data for the last three years sounds kind of fishy. If if you can send me the link on that, I would I would like. We to have been trying, been trying to find it. Yeah, been trying to find it. There's a there's an economist online that I follow on Twitter. He he posts these little things once in a uh, Peter Saint Ong, I think, 
or St. Ange or whatever. He was talking about it too, how they revamped things. He basically said they were fake. They do this all the time, and they got the mainstream media to cover for them, saying, well, the economy's not so bad when it's a lie. So I'm not like an economic data truther. Like, I, you know, I believe the economic data that we have is good. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, but Jack Welch, who was, you know, he, he passed away, but he was yeah. CEO of GE. Right. He was on CNBC, I want to say, in like 2014 or 2015, and he was on the channel when uh, an unemployment number came out. And it came in very good. And Welch on the air said that it was fake data, that Obama was massaging the data in order to make it look better. Mm. And that, you know, that created all kinds of controversy. And I mean, Welch was a Republican and whatever. But, um, you know, there are countries in the world that have fake data, like China has fake data. Argentina has fake Mm -hmm. data. You know, our data has generally been pretty good. You know, and I think to the extent that we have revisions over time, it's because of collection problems or really just, you know, problems in the collection of data and stuff like that. He so. definitely says the same thing that Liz, you and I have said about the unemployment numbers. Yeah. That they aren't real because there's so many people that are just not in the job market. Mm-hmm. Sing it at home, playing your Xbox in your mom's basement. You don't count because you basically yeah, don't they're, exist. They're not part of the labor force. Right. So when we compute the unemployment rate, you take the number of people that are looking for a job and the number of people that have jobs, but you don't count the people that are outside the labor force that are not looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is a piece of data called the labor force participation rate, mm-hmm. which measures the number of people in the labor force versus the population. And that number has been going down over time, the labor force participation rate. They call mm-hmm. it the LFPR. Okay. So. I've heard of LFPR. I don't think I knew what it stood for. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Do you have any opinions on the same Bankman-Fried trial that's getting started with that FTX debacle? I have some opinions on Michael Lewis. Do you know who he is? No. So Michael Lewis is a is a very famous nonfiction writer. He wrote The Big Short. Oh yeah. Okay. He wrote, I saw the movie. He, he wrote The Blind Side. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, he wrote Moneyball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liars Poker. A whole bunch of books. Um, he had spent about a year in the Bahamas with Sam Bankman-Fried. He was going to write a book about FTX, and then FTX blew up. Right. And his book literally just dropped this week, and people are reading it. They're like, oh, my goodness. So he is – he defended Sam Bankman-Fried. He basically said he's being unfairly persecuted, and it's not his fault and whatever. Really? Yeah, it's nuts. It's He's totally lost the plot. Like, it's it's crazy. So – Do you think he's wrong? Yeah, I absolutely think Michael Lewis is wrong. I think he's wrong about a lot of things. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> was was the big short wrong? I, uh, that was not wrong. That was okay. a good book. I, uh, had a, I had a hard time following the movie. But, I mean, if you think about where <laughs> Michael Lewis got his start, he was a bond salesman at Solomon Brothers in the 80s, and he was kind of a midwit. And he was he couldn't hack it, and so he left and wrote a book about it. And <laughs> Liar's Poker was a very good book, and that kind of launched his writing career. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, but he's yeah, he lives in Berkeley. That's all you need to say. So, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Nick. You, I, we've got a question for you, but I have a On question. On the Showtime Autoglass text line, that would be the one. Ring the bell. Uh, <laughs> the question I have for you is: you, you, you uh, tweeted this out or Xed or whatever. Said McCarthy getting ousted is Bond bullish. Mm-hmm. Explain. Well, I mean, basically, it means that for the first time in many years, we're having a conversation about debt and deficits, right? So if you have a Republican caucus that is more or less united to stop spending, 
to stop spending, which will reduce deficits, which will reduce the number of bonds that we will issue, which will cause interest rates to go down. Like we are taking steps in a positive direction. I think this is all positive. By the way, I don't know if you saw Justin Amash's tweet about McCarthy. Did you see that? I don't no. know if I saw that one. Oh, you got to see that. All right, let me look. So I like Amash a lot. I mean, you know, I have libertarian leanings. He's a libertarian. And he wrote about McCarthy. He's, mm-hmm. He had nothing good to say about McCarthy. Said he was a liar, said he was duplicitous, said he was self-serving. I mean, mm-hmm. just totally dumped all over him on Twitter. And he was all about Matt Gates's on uh, on the floor speech. What do you say? Well, he said this is one of the most well delivered speeches from the House floor and the most important mm-hmm. matters, the proper functioning of government. And it's Matt Gates talking about you know the debt and blah blah blah. So hmm. he was all about that. Yep, yep. I'm looking for his uh, his his thing here. Do you know when he did this? A couple he, days ago. A couple days ago. Okay, I'll keep looking. It was before. It was before he got kicked out. All right, I'll keep yeah. looking. Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a lot of people, on, obviously, on both sides of the fence here, um, but it seems like the mainstream media is really taking up for McCarthy, especially Fox News. I was wondering, did you get any inkling from Fox Business? Because I know you appear on that. Uh, did Payne have anything to say? No, we didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about that. I mean, I'm supposed to be on Fox Business on November 9th. I'm going to be in the city, so I'll okay. be in the studio. Oh, that's so. cool. Maybe we'll talk about. I'm sure we'll be talking about something different. I mean, that's the nature of news. Like yeah. we'll just we're just right. going to be talking yeah. about right. something exactly. different. So, well, they're saying um, with Representative Matt Gates that there's still a very big ethical investigation going on. So they're saying that basically he did this be, out of retaliation because McCarthy wouldn't call off the ethics investigation. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that we're not privy That's to. Right. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of personal dynamics. I mean, mm-hmm. my guess is that Gates and McCarthy just don't like each other, you know? Yeah. I mean, so there's all that stuff. Yeah. I was also, um, I'm wondering how this comes into play because uh, a lot of people were talking about this last week, about this recent uh, poll that came out regarding college students Um, And they were saying that it says here, the Buckley Institute conducted this poll for nine years. And for the first time, um, they're seeing that there's um, more that the that college kids are against basic American principles of free speech, tolerance and due process. Like they don't think that there should be people speaking in about a certain topic, if they don't agree with it, they report it. They shout down these speakers that they disagree with. They they get involved in mob censorship. Um, it says here another uh, 51% of students support speech codes. Um, and so there used to be where people wanted freedom of speech and freedom of ideas. When you have this idea of what's going on in college... How does that translate into our future? I mean, it's a pretty scary thought. Well, I can tell you that, you know, I'm currently teaching at Coastal. I'm teaching one class, and I could not be happier with the students that I have. Mm -hmm. They're terrific. And I don't get the impression that those students, we've never talked about this kind of stuff in class, but I don't get the impression that they share those sorts of beliefs. I will say one really interesting thing about my class. Yeah. Uh, We're talking about credit cards in class. 
Oh. And I said, have you guys seen that Taylor Swift Capital One commercial? Have you mm-hmm. seen it? Uh, I don't think so. Not the Capital One, no. Oh, my God. It's everywhere. So, like, if you watch baseball, like, it plays all the time. Oh, so, okay. um So I said to them, have you, have you seen this commercial? And they're all giving me the blank stare. Yeah. I'm like, do any of you guys watch TV? And they're like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> wow. They don't, they don't watch TV. They watch YouTube. They watch the internet. Like, not, not everybody in that class says they don't watch TV. So yeah. think about what that means for broadcasting going forward. Yeah. And, you know, it has huge implications. So. Well, that's why, you know, we have a very, I guess, an older demographic here right now. So a lot of them watch the local news, but that's not true in many other areas. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of local a lot of my, TV news yeah, channels. We here. do. But a lot of my news is from X. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can go to and where. By, they, by the way, the news just reports on what's happening on Twitter. I know. Isn't that like funny? Like something happens on Twitter and then it ends up on the news. I'm right. like, I already saw this earlier in the day. Right. And then it's back on Twitter. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like we're it's in an a, echo chamber yeah. for sure. Hey, but real I used quick to say question. The Twitter oh, is the new entertainment, is the new assignment desk. Yes. That's I've always you, said that. You since, were right. Yes. Like Twitter, when Obama joined Twitter. Yep. Okay. That was a big deal. And then Trump. The whole Trump thing, oh, yeah. that just became everybody turned to Twitter for news. Hey, quick question. Uh, this is from the, uh, our sponsors. The Showtime Autoglass text line. Hey! Uh, if I'm concerned about my 401k and a market crash, is it better to trans- my, transfer my 401k over to the quote-unquote bond option for a while? Are bonds safe during a crash? Thanks. The answer is absolutely yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yep, that is something you should do. do I mean, do, I'm not I'm now? not worried about a crash. I'm not super worried about stocks. Um, but I mean, look, I mean, think of it this way: you can get a certain five percent in treasury bonds or bills, or you can get an uncertain eight percent in stocks mm-hmm. with potentially much lower returns. Like it's just decision theory. Like it just makes more sense to be in bonds right now. Last so. one: Is there a way that an average Joe like me can benefit from the economy right now with bonds? Are you know, et cetera? Are there are there are this now the time with interest rates the way they are? Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, go to Vanguard and get a bond mutual fund. Go to get like the total bond market mutual fund or something like that. Like now is the time to do it. You know. There you mm-hmm. go. Jared Dillian, when's the book coming out? January, January. And actually, I had a great uh, Substack post last night Okay, called The Creators. So if you go Ooh. to We're Gonna Get Those Bastards, <laughs> okay. read The Creators. It's really and good. And you can pre-order your book, No Worries. Yeah, uh, on Amazon or pretty much anywhere. How many have you pre- pre-sold? I don't know. I'm going to find out next week. Okay. Yeah. I'm on A couple list. thousand, I think. I'm on the list. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the list for my birthday. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're getting it for your birthday yeah. gift? Okay. Yeah. That's I like what it. I asked. My mom said, what do you want? I said, I want Jared's book. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Thank it's you. A, it's a great, it's, it'll be a great Christmas gift. You have gift. to sign it when I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Better sign it. Yeah. All right. We'll be back in a moment.